Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 451 for July 12th, 2015. This week, website designers, both pro and amateur, will find lots to like in the latest version of Zara Web Designer. With just weeks to go before Windows 10 is released, Microsoft has pushed out the latest preview build, and it's ready to release the code to manufacturing. In short circuits, hackers have been hacked, and the information released reveals the dirty secrets of a company that has tried to position itself as wearing a white hat. And if you're tired of bloatware on your smartphone, look for support from China. In spare parts, only on the website, the developer of new software claims that it can create a sketch of a criminal or a victim based on the person's DNA. 7-Eleven will deliver to your home or office, at least if it's in San Francisco or Oakland, and with more large companies pushing back up to the cloud, Veritas says that the latest version of its backup software is designed to work with nearly all online storage systems. The latest version of Zara Web Designer Professional adds features that make difficult tasks easy and previously unthinkable tasks possible. Because I wasn't quite prepared for what's in this version and what it would show me, I spent a lot of time just staring at the screen, trying to get control of my senses. Here's an example. Zara calls this feature stretchy backgrounds. And at first glance, it appears to be nothing more than image swapping to meet the needs of various devices. Small for phones and tablets, large for other devices. I took a look at it on a screen a little over 400 pixels wide. Nothing too surprising there. On a larger tablet or a small computer screen, a little bit less than 800 pixels wide, the responsive design changes. Nothing too surprising there. Then it changes again for high-definition screens. I took a look at it at 1,800 pixels wide. Nothing out of the ordinary there. But consider this. I have two monitors, and I can stretch the browser across both of them. In fact, I stretched the browser to more than 3,700 pixels, and the background kept up with it. Now, it's easy enough to achieve an effect similar to this with a plain background or a repeating image, but that's not what Zara is doing here. It actually allows the image to continue growing larger and larger as the viewport grows larger. If you want to see this effect live, you can visit Zara's demonstration site. There's a link to it from the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. And that's just the beginning. Zara also introduces what it calls sticky objects. They're easy enough to implement if you understand cascading style sheets and all of the intricacies of HTML5. If not, you won't have much luck making an object stay put on the screen regardless of how the user scrolls the page, unless you're using Zara. So this is an example of how Zara Web Designer Premium makes difficult tasks easy. You'll see that you can position a top bar, a bottom bar, and side information, and all remain stationary. 
Again, no big deal if you want to spend several hours on custom programming. If you don't, spend a few minutes with Zara. And then there's the Font Awesome Toolkit. It has been updated and now makes 519 symbols available with just a couple of mouse clicks. Font Awesome's scalable vector icons can instantly be customized to change the size or color, add a drop shadow, or any other feature that can be controlled by CSS. And you don't really need to know CSS. Everything is done visually. Zara displays the full set via the Insert menu. Originally designed for Bootstrap, Font Awesome works great with all frameworks. And in this regard, Zara Web Designer can be considered a framework. So I added a Font Awesome symbol, the Vimeo symbol, modified a second copy to change both the fill and the stroke color, resized it, rotated it, and added a drop shadow. Then I added a third one that's partially transparent, and it's on top of a block of rather unimaginative text. You'll see these examples on the TechBiter Worldwide website, and Zara writes all of the code needed to accomplish these complex effects. Gary Priester is a designer I've known for a lot of years. He artfully demonstrates many of Zara Web Designer 11's new animation features. And there's a link to his article from the TechBiter Worldwide website, and you can see why website designers consider this stuff pretty exciting. Now, nobody would use all of the features that Gary shows on his test page on a single page, of course, except if you want to just demonstrate what they do. On his page, be sure to scroll all the way down and watch how triggers activate animations when that part of the page becomes visible. And yes, that means the page actually knows when a given section is within the browser's viewport, and it won't run the animation until it is. You might get a little dizzy looking at all the animations on this single page, but as I said, nobody would actually use all of these animations on a single page on a production website. And Gary did it just to display all the possibilities, and they are amazing. A new widget from TaskPilot is included, and this makes the creation of slideshows easy. Although using the widget requires registration with TaskPilot, that registration is free. Not every feature is new, but Zara Web Designer 11 adds new bits within existing functions. Templates, for example. This version adds about 30 new website themes that usually cost $10 each to buy. Some of the templates have more than a dozen variants, and all include page versions intended for use on mobile devices. So I wonder just how fast it is. One of the primary reasons for using an application such as Zara Website Designer is to accelerate the process of developing a website. It is difficult to imagine an application that could make the process any faster. As a test, I set a time limit for myself of 30 minutes to see how much progress I could make in just half an hour. The first step involved choosing a template. That took maybe five minutes or so. Zara provides a lot of free templates for use with the program, but developers may want to look into some of the paid content templates. These include resources that are intended for specific types of sites, from accountants and electrical contractors to pubs and vets. If you want to use one of those, you will need to purchase it online, and then Zara will download it automatically for you. After selecting a template and opening the website, I changed the logo type from what it was, paper airplane, to apples by air, and then I modified some of the text on the home page. 
This is a responsive site, so two designs are present, one for large screens, another for mobile devices. And when I switched to the mobile view, I found that the text I had modified had been carried over, but oddly, the logotype had not. I had to change that manually. Big deal, though, because you'd have to change it once on the main site and once on the mobile site. And that's it, because once the logotype is changed on any page in either view, the change is made on all other pages in that view. So the logotype change took only a few seconds. I wanted to add a slideshow, so I inserted the four-picture Zaccordion widget, read the instructions, and modified the text for the included images. I could have replaced the images, too, and in fact, on a real website, I would have. Zaccordion does have its limitations, no more than four images, and the controls are pretty basic. But still, it's an impressive function to be able to include with virtually no effort. After making space for the widget on the main page, I inserted and sized it to fit the available space. The widget was not carried over to the mobile view. I didn't expect it to be, because the mobile view should be as lightweight as possible. Next, I added a Font Awesome symbol, resized it, and changed its color from black to green. And when I checked the mobile view, the Font Awesome symbol was right there, just as I thought it would be. Then it was time to upload the website. Zara Website Designer offers a couple of options, Export or Publish. Choosing Publish will allow Zara to upload the file to your server. You have to start by entering the appropriate FTP, SFTP, or FTPS credentials, of course. I selected Export, which simply creates a server-ready batch of files that you can then upload on your own. Be sure to check it out on the TechBiter Worldwide website. FileZilla handled the upload, and my 30-minute website, while it would still need a lot of customization if it were a real site, has still moved forward a great distance from the beginning. As usual, Zara provides two versions, Standard and Premium. The standard version costs $50, the premium version $100. Upgrades from previous versions are significantly less. Both versions pack a lot of features, and the premium version includes numerous capabilities that will be essential for professional designers and helpful for amateurs. The premium edition includes support for single-page supersites. These are popular for small sites, despite the name supersite, a supersite typically has all content on what is effectively a single page. Extra animation effects are included in the premium version, along with direct support for Google fonts. If you want to use sticky objects or the stretchy background function, you'll need the premium version. Support for 64-bit operating systems is included with Web Designer Premium, and so are website development tools such as that built-in FTP transfer I mentioned, the ability to build a sitemap, additional widgets for slideshows and other extensions, more features for creating and modifying images, and several photographic tools for red-eye removal and creation of panoramic images. Overall, the premium version looks like an excellent value, and the bottom line, in a single word, wow! Five cats. If you are a professional website designer, or if you're not, this is an application you should consider. For an application that's so rich in features, the cost of ownership and the time required to learn how it works are both surprisingly low. Check out the Zara website for more details. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website.
If you've signed up for the Windows 10 upgrade from a computer that's eligible, you should see the update sometime around the 29th of July. In this case, around means the 29th or later. The first users to receive the upgrade will doubtless be the 5 million or so members of the Windows Insider program. Last week, Microsoft released build 10,162 to the fast ring, and this week it went out to the slow ring, which means that a downloadable ISO is now also available. Release to manufacturing, if it doesn't happen this week, will probably happen next. The previous build, 10,159, featured new wallpaper and what is probably the final update to the login screen. Check out the TechBiter Worldwide website and you'll see it. Microsoft says that build 10,162's testing shows that it has better reliability, performance, battery life, and compatibility than any Windows 10 Insider preview build so far. Well, I would hope so. Showtime is approaching. Quickly. The free upgrade will apply to computers that are running Windows 7 with Service Pack 1 or Windows 8.1. If you don't have the Windows 7 Service Pack installed, you'll need to install it before the computer is eligible. Likewise, if you're running Windows 8.0, you will need to upgrade it to Windows 8.1. And you already know that the Enterprise and Education editions are not eligible. Paid upgrades to Windows 10 for Enterprise or Education Editions should be available around August 1st. And those who pay for the upgrade won't have to wait for Microsoft to ship a disk because an ISO file will be available for download. The ISO can be mounted as if it were a disk drive or burned to a DVD for installation. There's no clear indication how long it'll take Microsoft to roll out the Windows 10 upgrades to all users who have requested them. Operating Systems Executive Vice President Terry Meyerson says that Windows 10 will be pushed out to the Windows Insider participants starting on the 29th. So if you have been downloading the preview builds and providing feedback, you should be pretty close to the top of the list. In part, the reason for this is compatibility. Microsoft knows that Windows 10 works as expected on 5 million computers. Meyerson says the Windows Insider program has confirmed that Windows 10 is compatible with the vast majority of Windows 7 and Windows 8 systems. But Meyerson also wants to see feedback from early adopters regarding the upgrade process itself. After all, vast majority still leaves a lot of room for problems when the installed base is 1 billion machines. So for every computer that has been tested as part of the preview program, 200 computers have not. 5 million might be a big test. In fact, it is a big test. But it's still just about half of 1% of the installed base. Meyerson says that Microsoft will listen, learn, and update the process every day based on feedback from users. If you reserved your copies of Windows 10, Meyerson wrote on his blog, we will notify you once our compatibility work confirms that you will have a great experience and Windows 10 has been downloaded to your system. If you're wondering when you might receive that notification from Microsoft, probably even Meyerson doesn't know that. There is no timeline for how long the process is expected to take, at least not a public one. Microsoft certainly has internal guidance on the process, but they're not sharing that. The upgrades apply to Windows 10 Home and Windows 10 Pro, not to volume licensing clients. Even eliminating corporate licensing, about a billion computers are eligible, and Microsoft is being very cautious to be sure there are no widespread problems. Certainly, there will be some problems, and certainly some of the pundits will point to those failures and shriek.
or smirk or make other rude noises. Some of the participants in the Windows 10 Insider program, including me, have reported situations in which a warning appears each time the computer is started. It warns that the computer is at risk. It's not. The warning says the computer is at risk because Windows Defender is turned off. Well, that's true. Instead of using Windows Defender, I use Avast. But until recently, I couldn't install Avast either. And during the time I couldn't install Avast, I attempted to enable Windows Defender. But all the settings were grayed out and nothing could be changed. This is a somewhat uncommon issue, but other testers have reported it, and so far there seems to be no solution. Because other protective applications can now be installed, it's not a serious issue. It's just a bit of an annoyance. Given that this behavior still exists for at least a few users in the final build before release to manufacturing, some users probably will see it when their computers are upgraded. Several builds back, the Start menu was modified so that the File Explorer, previously called Windows Explorer, Settings, previously called the Control Panel, and Power, previously called Power, all appear just above All Apps, previously called All Programs. That arrangement was present for a few builds, and then it disappeared. I'm happy to say it's back because this location is the perfect place for those frequently needed links. And some people have been wondering about what's going to happen to their free upgrade to Windows 10 if they have to modify their computer's hardware. The answer, as it turns out, is pretty much what it's always been. Upgrading part of the computer won't invalidate the license. But if you replace everything but the case, Microsoft is going to consider that to be a new computer, and you'll need to buy a new copy of the operating system. If you replace the hard drive in your computer with a larger drive, you shouldn't have a problem. Likewise, if you add a drive or a network card or an updated video card or a new sound processor. But if you replace the main board, the processor, the hard drive, the video subsystem, the audio subsystem, well, that's a new computer, even if it's in the old box. Windows, after all, is licensed to the device it came with. This is nothing new. It's nothing surprising. And despite some chatter on various discussion groups that suggest transferring Windows 10 to a new computer will be possible, I wouldn't count on it. In short circuits, apparently it's legal to sell hacking tools, as an Italian company called Hacking Team does. The company's website says that it provides effective, easy-to-use offensive technology to the worldwide law enforcement and intelligence communities. But it seems to do more than that, quite a bit more. We know that because hackers hacked the hacking hucksters and released 500 gigabytes of data from the organization's servers. According to those who have reviewed the files, the company sells to shady operators in Russia, Kazakhstan, and Sudan, and sometimes to government agencies. Researchers say that Hacking Team has prepared an exploit that would take advantage of unpatched vulnerabilities in Adobe Flash. Naturally, they also found code that targets Microsoft Windows and a supposedly secure version of Linux. Adobe quickly released a patch for the zero-day vulnerability, and there's no indication that Hacking Team or any of its clients had yet taken advantage of the flaw. Reporters Without Borders, an organization of journalists, includes Hacking Team, 
on its enemies of the internet list because of the company's practice of selling spy software to repressive regimes in South Korea, Kazakhstan, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Lebanon, and Mongolia, even though the company says it does not do business with oppressive governments. There's kind of a delightful irony in the hacker attack on the hackers, and hacking team had to take its website down for a while this week because it had been defaced. The company's client list includes a lot of countries. You'll see the list on the TechBiter Worldwide website. So software that allows government agencies and others to spy on your computer and other electronic devices is widely available. What a great feeling. As much as I like my Samsung smartphone, I detest the unremovable crap that comes with it. Now a group of consumers in an unlikely location is trying to stop it. Shanghai. The Shanghai Consumer Rights Protection Commission has filed lawsuits against Samsung and another manufacturer, Oppo, because of what the suit claims is a large amount of bloatware installed on phones that cannot be removed. The suit claims that some of the apps steal cellular data without knowledge of users. The commission says that it received complaints from users and found that Samsung phones had 44 installed apps that users could not remove. The Oppo device had 71. The suit says that smartphone makers must clearly state on the product's packaging what apps have been installed and give consumers instructions on how to remove unwanted software. If only some consumer protection agency in the United States would follow suit, so to speak. This isn't the first action taken against a smartphone manufacturer by groups in China. The Shenzhen Consumer Council demanded that manufacturers make it possible for consumers to remove pre-installed apps from their phones. Consumer groups in China are asking the country's Ministry of Information Technology to regulate bloatware on phones. Don't hold your breath if you're a U.S. citizen, though. A federal judge in California dismissed a case against Google earlier this year in which the plaintiff claimed that Google had monopolistic ties to smartphone manufacturers that use its Android operating system. Welcome to the oligarchy. And welcome to Spare Parts, only on the website. This week you'll find the developer of new software claiming that it can be used to create a sketch of a criminal or a victim based on the person's DNA. 7-Eleven stores plan to deliver to your home or office, if your home or office is in San Francisco or Oakland. And with more large companies pushing backup out to the cloud, Veritas says that its latest version of backup software is designed to work with nearly all online storage systems. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website www.techbiter.com and if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.